Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So... Are you impressed with talented writers and editors who can craft words into stories that make us feel alive and full of emotions? How about those who can get your juices flowing and make us feel tingly, excited, and fully aroused? Now that's a talent. On today's show, we're going to discuss how the demand for erotica is growing with the widespread availability of audiobooks. We'll dive deep into how you can share your erotic stories and what makes great erotica so good. You might even find yourself moving away from porn in favor of erotica. Hell yes. But before we get going and bring on our guests, we're going to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And I'm sure everybody is going to need one of our blankets once we finish talking about this show Mm. and all the erotica Mm -hmm. that we're going to get into. So if you don't know, we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we have a really special guest for you today. We have an award-winning erotica writer and editor, Rachel Kramer Bussell. She's here with us today, and she's going to be introducing her latest book coming soon, Women's Orgasm Erotica. Really? Coming soon? Yes. I love that. I know, right? Rachel, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank, thanks for taking time out of your day to be here with us today. Thank you. We are looking forward to hearing all about it, but why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you got into this world of sexuality in the beginning? Well, I got into erotica kind of a roundabout way. I was in law school. This is back in the late 90s. I had been reading a lot of erotica for the, you know, a couple of years and I thought, "Okay, I'm going to try to write my own story." There was a book of celebrity erotica being put together called Starfucker. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a story about Monica Lewinsky. I was very interested in her and it was it was fiction, but um, it was called Monica and Me. And like I was the other character having a fling with Monica and that got published. And then pretty much uh, I've been writing erotica since then. So that got published in 2000, so a little over 20 years. And uh, a few years after I started writing erotica, I was asked to edit an anthology of other people's short stories. And I did that. And I've also just kept doing that. Um, you know, I think even though I didn't go to school for, for writing per se, and I never thought that this would be my career path at the time when I was starting to write erotica, I was also, I was living in New York. I was exploring all kinds of like uh, BDSM parties, sexual adventures, sex toys. And for, for me, they, they coincided. I don't want to say that's the case for everyone um, because I don't, necessarily think you have to write erotica about your own experiences but a lot of my earliest stories were based on my own experience it's not you know 100 percent verbatim but inspired by that um and yeah so you know now i both write and edit and i I enjoy both of them because i think even though i have a great imagination and i've written all kinds of erotica about uh you know people like me people very different from me other writers are always going to have something that they're going to bring to it that I, I could sit at my computer for, you know, weeks on end and it just would never occur to me, you know, whether that's something with a sci-fi bent or just, 
the way they put the words together or their plot lines. So I feel like I kind of get the best of both worlds because I can come up with things from my imagination and I can also, you know, include these writers from all over the place and uh, put out their their visions. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to get back to the writing and editing in a second. So um, obviously you're a very intelligent person. You were in law school. Um, but when you were growing up, were you a little devilish, naughty little girl and you played around no. with the boys <laughs> young? Or did no, this all happen all. in your university years? Yeah, not at all. I mean, honestly, it even in, in college, I was, I mean, I, I dated, I had sex, but I, I wasn't doing anything I would say that was really out of the ordinary at all. I think it was when, when I moved to New York and I kind of discovered all sorts of things that were available, you know, like I could, I could walk to sex toy stores, I could go to kinky parties or, you know, go to all these um, things and often just watching people sometimes doing things with people, you know, what I think, while I don't think you have to have tried something to write about it, you know, I, I could watch people pour hot wax on other people. And I think you can also you know, if that's something you want to see, you can see that online. But I think there's there's an energy in a room when you're doing or looking at something sexually that, you know, that is going to, well, for me, it left an impression, you know. And sometimes, it, oftentimes the things I've written erotica about were not things I experienced sexually, but I just, you know, things I saw. Like I wrote a story about fire eating, which I probably wouldn't have written if I had not seen yeah. someone eating fire. and. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people think, um, you know, it's only about the sex, but you also have to make the fire eating or whatever other things you're including sound realistic, too. Mm -hmm. So I had to research, like, how do you eat fire? (laughs) (laughs) How do you put it out? Yeah. So I have a question then. How did you get introduced to erotica? You said you started reading erotica, but there's someone in particular or how did you get introduced to reading erotica? I started reading it. I found it on bookshelves, uh, you know, bookstores. When I was in college, I was reading the Best American Erotica series. I read a, a, two books called Virgin Territory 1 and 2, which were first-time lesbian erotica stories. And at the time, I was just reading for pleasure. I, I never thought that I would write my own story, but I think through just reading so many, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try this and see what happens. But before that, I'd always written, but I'd always written nonfiction and, you know, I think that's another reason why I do what I do now is because I want to provide that opportunity for other people because it was very exciting. Like the first time I saw my story in a book, I cried. Mm-hmm. Like It was very exciting to write something just on my computer and then see it out in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and then have people, you know, contact me and say, hey, I read your story and I liked it like that. That process was, and it still is very exciting. You know, sometimes I'm not saying I forget what I've written, but I don't remember every detail. And someone will say, hey, you wrote that story like 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh, thank you for, you know, paying attention. Because especially a lot of them are, you know, some are recorded on audio you can listen or they, you know, find older books. And that that to me is exciting that it that it lives on, you know, and is hopefully turning someone on. Mm -hmm. You know, we we absolutely get that. I mean, we travel a ton um, before COVID. We traveled almost a week a month. And when we go to places, people come up to us and say, you know, Carolyn David, I listened to your podcast and it helped my relationship. It changed my relationship. It made my sex life better. And Carolyn and I aren't the experts on anything. We're the facilitators and we bring on experts like yourself who write erotica or sexologists or doctors um, related to uh, health and pleasure. And um, it's so weird for people to actually say they listen to our show because we're just Carol and David. We don't even believe people listen to our show, but they do. We have a million listeners out there. And it's so nice when you get to touch someone's life. And like you said, you 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 wrote something and someone comes back and says, hey, I really like what you did. And, and it, it's very, very cool. Kind of like the podcast stays for on air. You know, you can look for it probably for a long time. Your books are also the same right. way, right? They're out there forever. Right. And uh, people yeah, just have to find them. Yeah, Mm-hmm. and audio mm-hmm. and you know i think w- one thing i mean I-, I can't speak to other genres but i know erotica it's so personal to people like if someone is turned on by a story or if it sparks something in their mind whether it's something they try in real life or not they- they'll remember that you know th- they'll remember often the specific details sure. more more than i might right. you know just because 
it was so moving to them. Right. And I, I love that. I, I mean, I think erotica readers are very uh, pa- passionate. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to sound a, like cliche, but you know, when they find the thing that they like, like they want more of that and they, they really, you know, it, it touches them, not just, not just arouses them. Right, exactly. And I remember, I can, now that you say that, I can remember the very first time that I read about sex in a book. I, even though I had lots of boyfriends at the time, I didn't watch lots porn. Lots of boyfriends. I didn't read erotica, but I was reading a, a book, a novel, I don't even know which one it was, but that very first sex scene that I read in a book, which is like real words describing how they felt and how, how he got on her and she felt like an explosion inside of her. And, you know, we knew that she was saying an orgasm, etc. But I remember how I felt by reading that very first sex scene in words on you know in a book and I I still remember it today and it's you know like I won't say but probably like 40 years ago (laughs) (laughs) she started young yeah right (laughs) so I I can see how it impresses people it really impresses in their minds because they can see the visual of that scene in their heads and it's the way they imagine it not like watching porn um, it's which is the director's view this is your own view and and I want to just get back to what Rachel was saying about the fact that she likes seeing the stuff and seeing the sexual act and then writing about it because we know like when we go on Bliss Cruise and the pl- there's five playrooms and one of the playrooms has like 200 beds and there's 500 people in there and when you watch what people are doing and hear the sounds of people having an orgasm, it gets you off. And mm-hmm. I mean, we we replay those scenes and those sounds when we have sex, just the two of us. So I can imagine how you take that back, Rachel, and now turn it into a story where you bring all the and you get uh, to know the people the and people, the characters, the scenery, the characters, yeah. what built up to it. And we're going to talk about how to write erotica in the second segment of the show. But we absolutely get how you just want to be there and see it. And you know, watching porn on your little screen isn't as good as seeing it live. And I think there's also like two things happening. I mean, there's what what it looks like and what what maybe like an, if someone was watching you watch it, what they would see. But then there's also what's happening in your mind, you know, and I think we really can't discount that because, you know, like five people could be watching that same scene and five having five totally different experiences internally, you know, like you know, and so I think, and, and, you know, if you're there on Monday, it might be like one thing for you. And if you're there Tuesday, it might spark something different for you. And I think that's especially what the written word can really tap into, like what that, um, you know, what that creates for the characters, like, mm-hmm. and how it, how it impacts them, not just in the moment, but beyond the moment, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, that could be fodder for them for masturbation or fantasies or, things they want to talk about with their partner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking about fodder and masturbation, (laughs) um, you've been writing erotica for so many years. Porn has been around for so many years. Tell us a little bit about the differences between erotica and porn. So, you know, I think it's a hard question to answer because I think both of those words everyone is going to come into it with their own pre-definition, you know, and I don't necessarily, I think there are differences, but I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. Like I think like you were saying, when you're watching porn, the visual is provided for you. And then written erotica, the, you know, you supply the visual. And I think that's probably the biggest difference. I think, I think readers often do want to put themselves into the story. You know, they, they feel they might identify with one or more characters, which might be the case in porn, but I think you have more free reign to do that in writing. Like you might stop reading and then continue the fantasy, you know, know. in your head. And if, if you're reading it out loud to a partner, or if you're listening to audio with a partner, I think it can be easier to um, make it personal to you. Um, But, you know, for some people, I, I mean, I think it really depends which, kind of stimulation turns you on more. And some people are into both. Like I know plenty of people who watch a lot of porn and read erotica and they, they might pick one or the other for, for different reasons. Now, do you have any um, stats on who actually reads erotica? Is it mostly women? Is it a certain age? You know, I don't have stats and my books, you know, this book is called coming soon women's orgasm erotica. And a lot of my books are marketed towards women, but I can tell you, I have a mailing list the people who write to me are are pretty equal mix and it's, it's lots of men as well. I think men, many 
um, men who are interested in women will read erotica from a woman's point of view to kind of understand, okay, what are women's fantasies? What do women think about? Um, and, and just, you know, to, to be turned on as well. Absolutely. So I, I definitely don't think it's all women. I mean, I, and I don't know, you know, for my books, I think maybe it's, something like 75% women, but that is just my estimate. And what about the demographic between people who read your book and who listen to your book? Well, or books? I, I don't, I don't have super hard statistics on that either, but I can tell you in the last 10 years, audiobooks have soared. Like just, it's been, it's been wild to me. Like my audiobooks outsell print and ebook at this point. And I think for a lot of people, maybe they're listening on the go, or they're listening, you know, it, it's a private, it's a different kind of experience. And I think it, that also adds a layer of sensuality, because someone is reading to you, you can close your eyes, you can masturbate, you know, you're not holding a physical object. But also, like, I think they, I think audio listeners retain it differently. Like, they'll remember the details maybe more vividly, because they're hearing it read to them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, I, mean, I think it's great. We know um, our show is not listened to by very many people live, and people much prefer to download it and listen to it at their convenience, whether it's in the car, at the gym, in bed, with their partner, by themselves. And people have the opportunity to schedule their, we'll call it sexy, educational, eroticism, fantasy time. Um, whereas in the past, you had to listen to everything live, and if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah, exactly. So that's the difference yeah, between can, the digital you know, world. You can speed up the audiobooks if you want it faster. You can skip around. You know, I think you have a lot of freedom to, to use it the way, the way you want to. So tell us a little bit about your new book and what inspired it. Well, it's called Coming Soon, Women's Orgasm Erotica. And so um, all the stories are themed around orgasm in one way or another, which some people say, well, isn't that the case for all erotica? And yes, I mean, to some degree, I, I think almost all stories I publish in my other books also, you know, orgasms happen. But in this case, they're a theme, um, whether it's uh, a character who's either had, had trouble having an orgasm or, you know, it's been a challenge or, um, you know, they're, they're trying a different type of orgasm or they're, you know, using a toy um, and, uh, it was inspired actually by a different book I edited called Orgasmic, where it was a similar concept. Um, and, you know, people seem to like it. So that let's, let's give them some more. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to try to capture different, different ways women are turned on and different and, and other characters are turned on, like what brings them to orgasm. Cause I think sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, everyone would be turned on and, X kind of situation because just because it's by its nature so stimulating and, and everyone's different, you know, for some people, they might have a really specific fetish and that's the way that they will get aroused. And for someone else that could do nothing for them. Right. So I, I really wanted the authors to, to dive into that. And I, I also really like when characters are, are surprised by something that, you know, they may not have expected to turn them on, like, unlike the fetishist where, you know, you have X fetish, and, you know, you seek that out. Often, or in some of these stories, it's a partner who introduces something, and that winds up changing the, you know, trajectory of, of the relationship. And we love those um, twists. Yeah. And how did you curate these uh, stories? Did you have a call out to the authors that yeah. you're used to working with? Well, I put a call of what I do for, for all my books. I post online and I say, I'm looking for stories about this topic, this length, you know, send them in by the state. And then, you know, people, people send them in and I do try to spread the word as wide as possible about that. Um, and then I look at all the ones that come in and I, you know, sort through them. And I, I look at both the ones that I personally gravitate towards like, oh, wow, I never thought of this. This is a scenario you know, I, I must have this, this totally fits. And then I also look for, for variety. Like I don't want everyone to be single. I don't want everyone to be in a couple. I don't want everyone to be straight. I don't, you know, I want, I want a mix of both writing styles and, you know, plot lines as well as types of characters that will 
so that if someone reads it in order, which you don't have to, but if you read the whole thing, like you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm bored by the end because I feel like I already read that. Right, right. You know, that, that's my biggest goal with, with the anthologies is to, to make sure the readers have variety because, you know, I, I want them to be books that someone who reads lots of erotica will enjoy and then as well as someone who's maybe never read erotica can also enjoy. And how many stories are in this particular book? This one has 20 stories. Is that average which, for you know, all your books? That's about average, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to have more, but we have, you know, a word count limit. So uh, I, I have edited a couple that have uh, 69 stories. And yes, that's on purpose. Those are really, really short. They're only like five, four or five pages long. And, you know, some people really like that because they want variety. Like they want to like, or they only have a few minutes at a time to read. So they're like, okay, I just want something to get me in the mood. And then some people think those are too short. Some people even think, you know, they, they want to read longer pieces. And I think that's a compliment. You know, if someone reads coming soon and says, Oh, I like them, but I, I thought that story could keep going, you know, tell the author because maybe they'll write a whole novel mm -hmm. based on these characters. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. And a lot of the, the authors do write longer longer work too and in this new book um how, did you contribute anything original from yourself i did not contribute to this book uh but I, I once in a while sometimes i do have my own stories in my books uh usually i, I try to leave it to give the author you know give more authors a chance to to be published and it depends if i have something i'm, I'm dying to write like i i will put it in there but I, I really, that's, again, why I really enjoy the editing, because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm sure if I had to, I, I could write something new, but I, I really like seeing what other people come up with and how they craft things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, love it. Yeah, and it certainly is a great talent. So we're just going to ask you to hang on for a second. We're going to do a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors, and we'll be right back after this. This is Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carolyn David, and we are talking with erotica author Rachel Kramer Bussell. Stay right there. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at carolyndavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. Alrighty, we're back. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and now um, let's get back to our show with award-winning erotica author Rachel Kramer Bussell. Yeah, and now we're going to talk a little bit about writing, the actual writing of stories. And I know that you're you're an educator and you teach a lot about how to write erotic erotica. So tell us a little bit about your course, that erotic writing one hundred and one course that you give. Well, I do a couple. I before the pandemic, I do in-person classes, and now I mostly do them online. Um, and a lot of what I do is, you know, I'll give an overview of what I think erotica is and read some examples. And then I usually like, jump right into having people write based on a prompt. And it's really interesting because at the beginning, I thought, oh, well, I'm not giving them enough how-to nitty-gritty in information. But for the most part, the people who take my classes, I think they already have some inkling of 
what not necessarily what they want to write, but know they know that they have something. And so often just giving them a little bit of, you know, a prompt will unleash all sorts of things from from them. So, you know, and, and I think also um, I give them resources to where to look for ideas, which, you know, I think you can get erotica ideas from anywhere. So, you know, and then what I also think is very helpful is I give people the option to read their work out loud, you know, to the other people in the class. And that is always really enlightening because if I say write erotica about a food or, you know, a food item, I mean, people will come up with all kinds of foods, you know, from like traditional aphrodisiacs to, you know, I think someone once wrote about like Brussels sprouts, which of course, like most of us wouldn't think, Oh, Brussels sprouts is sexy food. But if in the right hands and the right, you know, way it's done like it could be sexy like anything anything could be sexy you know that's that's truly what I believe and that's what I try to convey to people that it's it's not like there's one right answer that I'm going for and if you say it you know if you write about that that's sexier than some other thing any any food could be sexy it's all about you know how is the person eating it and what are they you know what do they look like while they're eating it and what is the other person doing you know is it a food that uh you know, someone prepared for someone else because that's such a sensual act or, you know, is someone blindfolded while they're eating and they don't know what they're eating and they have to rely on, you know, just the other senses. There's just so many uh, permutations of that. And so I'll, I'll go through various scenarios. We do one about it, writing about a celebrity inspired by my story about Monica Lewinsky, because I think everyone has a celebrity Uh fantasy, you know, and, and I think often those really, you know, they tell you so much about, you know, what, what you consider sexy and what you think about, you know, celebrity culture and, you know, what, you, you know, do you think that celebrities have, you know, wilder sex than the rest of us or do they have the same kinds of sex that the rest of us are having? Um, so we'll go through um, various prompts and I'll answer their questions. And my hope is that after the class, they are inspired to to keep on writing and exploring, you know, the, the things that they start in the class. So one of the things I thought of while you were chatting is that I, I'm hearing all different content because, of course, it's, it's, it's endless. The story plots are endless completely. And so when you do your editing, you're keeping the story plot of the original author. But are you actually editing the way the story's told? I would say I'm editing the way the story is told. I think the biggest thing I will, the biggest feedback I give to authors is, you know, can you give me more information? A lot of times they will describe in detail the physical action, you know, what everyone is doing. But I want to know also, like, what are they thinking and what are they feeling emotionally? Mm -hmm. And also, what are they, what are they feeling? Like, you know, and how is this different from, you know, other times, either with other partners or, or with the same partner. So basically, I, I will keep the the basic format of what they've written. But I will often ask them to, to give more detail for the reader to really understand to feel like, okay, they're right there with that character. Interesting. So we over the past five or six years have taken some courses on how to write a screenplay and how to tell a story and how people absorb information where each scene has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, you need the backstory on the characters, and then you know there has to be a good guy and a bad guy, the protagonist, the antagonist. Is writing erotica similar? Do you have to have that same flow? You don't have to have all of that. I do think you need a beginning, middle, and end, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in chronological order. You know, You could start an erotica story in the middle of a sex scene, but I think you still will want to go back and sort of tell the reader a little bit more about who these characters are and what what brought them there and what turns them on about the scenario. So, you know, you were talking about Swingers Cruise, you know, something if, if I was reading Erotica set in that setting, I would want to know, you know, is this the first time someone's there? Is it the hundredth time? And either way, you know, what's so special and arousing about this moment because if it is the hundredth time or whatever you know what what keeps them coming back and what makes it stay so exciting um and i think that's thing those are things that people will will remember just as much as like the physical action Mm -hmm. 
cool now um writing a story is writing a story we're talking about erotica and of course there's has to be lots of sex scenes in there what's the trick or the tricks to writing a good sex scene and are there any tricks to amp it up to make that sexual tension build until like if that person's masturbating they're going to come to that sex scene um i don't know if there's any single trick that works across the board i think really just thinking about like i said like what is motivating the person and what it feels like and also getting everyone's uh point of view across even if it's character one telling the story and they're with let's say two other people giving a little clue about like what those other people are feeling from you know what it what it seems like they're feeling what they're saying what their body language is giving off i think that's also always really helpful um i mean i think especially in bdsm scenes um you know a lot of authors will write from a submissive point of view which is great but i think you also really want to include what is the dominant getting out of it like why what is arousing about it for them and i think the more you can do that the more fully fleshed out of the story will be um and i think it's less about including you know the minute details of like her left hand touched mm. you know his right arm as you know what did that feel like did it you know was was their skin warm was it cool you know what does the room smell like like you know the, all the senses the I always, whenever I try to tell all the senses, I always forget one, but you know, <laughs> like all the details around them and, you know, can other people hear you? Are you in a quiet space? And if other people can hear you, is that part of the turn on, you know, like, and, and I think sometimes people will assume, well, of course, like, you know, if other people can hear you, of course it's sexy, but don't, don't ever assume that what you're writing about the reader will know it's sexy. Like say why it's sexy to that character mm -hmm. and what, what about this moment is is making them turned on? And I think that will turn on the reader. Now, I'm just going to compare again to porn, which we just told you that we learned how to write a script, and we did actually write a script that has never been uh, produced. But uh, in porn, they're trying to make a little story also, but it's because of uh, the way that we tell a visual story. You don't get the feelings unless they show feelings. And in porn, you're not seeing any feelings happening. So you're not getting what's inside their head while they're having the sex act, which is very different, which is what I'm hearing from you is very different with erotica because we're getting how they feel every time because you say that a lot, how it makes them feel when they're doing X or Y. Um, so I just thought that uh, it's a whole different point of view instead of watching, I, I mean, instead of seeing it, you're, you're hearing Imagining what they're saying it, yeah. in their heads as well. And I think you're also, I mean, the writers that I tend to gravitate towards, they're bringing in not just the person's um, sexual uh, self, but also the rest of their self. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, maybe they have insecurities about like, you know, maybe an ex said this to them and that's stayed with them. Like an ex said, you're too loud. So then they try to be quiet during sex. But then a new lover says, no, I want you to be loud. I mean, that's a that is like a paradigm shift, you know, and it's not it. it I think that also extends beyond the bedroom. But when, when you when you're writing about that within erotica, I think that can be really powerful for a character. And that's something. Yeah, I, I don't know if you could tell that same story in in a visual porn maybe with a voiceover or something right. but i think with with the written word you can really get into that and i mean you don't want to go on like a full-on tangent in the middle of a sex scene but i think you can weave in pieces of that person's history that are relevant to to their arousal you right. know and their sense of comfort because i think sex is not just about the physical act it's also about like you know why are you attracted to this person and what you know, is it their looks? Is it the way they speak to you? You know, sometimes it could just be the way they say your name or the, you know, their voice or the, you know, and, and that is something that can be challenging to describe, but I think it can also be really, really sexy. You know, maybe it's just the way they, their body language and their mannerisms or the, or the way they flirt or something, you know, and I think those are things that can really also help 
amp up the tension. And again, how that makes them feel is what you're portraying and you're making it like when he touches her softly and gently and she gets the tingles all down her. That's how she feels and or he either way. Uh, And that's kind of what you don't get in porn, right? You don't get those inner feelings and those inner thoughts. Yeah. And I also think, you know, those are not things that you would necessarily know just by watching someone. Like if, if some, if you're admiring the way, I don't know, maybe even the way one person talks to another person, you know, that's something that's going on in your head and you're like, Ooh, if they're talking to them like that, maybe they'll talk to me like that. I think erotica will give you the chance to, to, to explore that in Mm -hmm. depth, you Mm -hmm. know, and get to know that character throughout the story. So I have a question. Can anybody write erotica? I believe anybody can write erotica because it's not, uh, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, like, how can I write about this? Because I've never done this. And I don't really think it's about that because you can Google something and either watch porn of it or see photos of it or read message boards about people who are into that thing. I think in terms of the mechanics of whatever it is, whether it's bondage or swinging or whatever, you can research that. I think it's about the emotional aspect of it. And I think everyone has, you know, emotions of some kind. Everyone has some sort of, most people have some sort of fantasy. And I think it's bringing, making that realistic, you know, Mm -hmm. making that um, sound plausible, even if it's, you know, maybe it's set on an alien planet. So we don't, we don't really know what that's like, but you, you create that setting. But I think making it sound like something that could happen um, or that, you know, that, that seems true to that character it is really the main job of the erotica writer. And I, I do think anyone can do that. I think you need a good imagination and you need patience. Like, you know, not everyone's going to off the bat, like the first thing they write come out perfectly. I think sometimes you have to go back and finesse it. And maybe, you know, there's something that sounded great, but just doesn't work for that story. And you could save it and put it in, you know, another story. Um, you know, so like an example it's not really, I don't know what this is an example of, but I edited a book called um, Come Again, another pun, uh, the sex toy erotica. And a lot of people wrote about sex toys that, you know, we would recognize as sex toys, you know, uh, nipple clamps or vibrators. But some people wrote about household objects mm-hmm. like ice, mm-hmm. you know, melting ice, mm-hmm. which, you know, everyone has that in their home. I think everyone has, you know, in their immediate surroundings, something that they could be writing erotica about, whether you're on a plane or whether you're in a coffee shop or whether you're in your own house. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's that you need a really elaborate, you know, wild plot. You, you could have an elaborate wild plot, but you could write a really sexy story that's just um, set in someone's bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, it, again, it goes back to like the, the individual nature of those characters and you know maybe you write it from person a's point of view and then you switch to person b's point of view to get a different perspective because i think even in couples even long-term couples you know you might not know what the other person is thinking and so in erotica you have the chance to to give the reader what both or or more than two people are thinking i'm curious about the plot with monica Lewinsky. tell us a little bit well in that story uh the me care the me character goes to a book signing and meets Monica and you know they flirt and I I think you know for me I did have a crush on her at the time but it was also a little bit of a way of thinking about like what if Monica was bisexual or you know what if she yeah what if she was into women you know would that be different for her than some of these men who had treated her poorly um you know, and that was something I, I wanted to explore. It's a very pretty silly, playful story, but it was really fun because she was a celebrity that I knew a lot about. So, you know, I was able to bring that research into it. Like I, there was a famous lipstick that she wore in her Barbara Walters interview, and I included that lipstick in a key sex scene, you know, so little things like that. And, you know, I think, I think that's why often I encourage people to to write about the things that are most on their mind. You know, you, you know, you can you could write erotica about anything, but if there's a fetish you have or an interest you have or something that you've done that you 
really want to be writing about, I say like explore that. You know, you're not beholden to writing it exactly as it happened in real life, but you know, you have that experience to kind of go on to guide you or at least to start you off. Mm -hmm. So as a segue into our next question, which is going to be real versus fiction, um, in that Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton, um, in my mind, um, I see Bill and Monica doing their thing and Hillary sitting in the corner masturbating. <laughs> I mean, I think for some, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for any of those people, but I think like there's lots of people who would find that scenario sexy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot of things that are, you know, I mean, I have issues with how she was treated by him sure. in that real life scenario. But, you know, I think for a lot of other people, let's say, um, you know, I think the idea of like having sex at work on the sly is, is very arousing. Yeah. I mean, would you actually do it? Probably not because, you know, in real life you could get fired, right. but in, in fantasy and erotica, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do that, you know, you won't get fired because it's fiction and right. you create the rules or maybe right. you have your own, maybe it's your own workplace and you like allow people to do stuff or whatever, you know, like I think you can create the, the worlds that you would want to live in within these fictional settings and they can be as, you know, wild and free for all as you want. Now, do you usually publish um, real versus fiction stories? Do you do some of each? You know, I don't know because I don't, I don't ask the authors, like, is this true? Or, you know, sometimes people will write in their bio, like, this was inspired by something that happened to me, or they'll share that online. Um, but I think if you're, if you're a good enough writer, like, it shouldn't necessarily matter, or you shouldn't be able to tell from, from the writing, like, maybe it's happened, maybe it didn't. Um, you know, I've written several many maybe autobiographical stories but i still think that the act of writing them you know i might change some details just to make it more poetic um there is a site called read a roar r-e-a-d-a-u-r-o-r-e.com that that those are autobiographical erotica stories and i think people people do enjoy that because it feels maybe a little more voyeuristic to read about something that someone is telling you is Happen. true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've been swingers for 13 odd years now, and uh, we've been into many foursomes and morsums and orgies and playrooms with two and 300 people. And I can't tell you how many times we come out of these scenes and these scenarios and we look at each other and we have the saying that we've been using for many, many years. And it's like, you can't make this shit up, you know. <laughs> right? we, we you couldn't, couldn't even imagine it. such a thing. You couldn't imagine it. You couldn't write it on houseboats with people hanging from the the roof and um, in playrooms where fifteen people are having orgasms. To playing um, in a hotel room where there's twenty people piled and, into two beds. You know, a cop uh, <laughs> is doing Carol, holding her up against the wall. And the next morning, there's sixty towels and housekeeping is coming in, and we're looking at the the the, uh, the mess, the mess from the night before. Being in a hot tub with twenty people in a daisy chain orgy with this one girl floating, sucking a cock, one in her ass, one in her pussy, two in her hands, and I mean, she's just going at it. I mean, there's there's stuff that you you don't even see on porn that we've experienced right yeah i think people would want to read about that mm -hmm. i think I'm you're sure. right yeah yeah you're absolutely right all right well we'll talk after our show <laughs> we could do a whole series on carol and david's swinging lifestyle over the last 13 years i do want to touch on you know what is good erotica versus bad erotica i know you're the editor what do you how do you throw things out because you say that's too bad and how do you pick things that's really good i mean i Yes, I have edited over 60 books of erotica, but I never feel like I am the ultimate decider of what's necessarily good or bad, because I think it's so subjective in terms of what is going to turn people on, like what what I might like, someone else might not like. Um, so I'll say pretty broadly, I think what makes good erotica is this really rich um, imagery and, you know, something that by the end, you feel like you know those characters, not just what turns them on. I think when writing is sort of terse and choppy and just, you know, 
they put this body part on this body part and then this happened and then when it feels too just um yeah choppy yeah you know that i don't think the reader is really getting as much out of it as they could be um you know and i like one example i give is about spanking and you know maybe like there's five people being spanked by five different people so you know 10 people in the room um you know they might all be doing the same thing. You know, someone might be across someone's knee and getting spanked, but that might feel different for all those people. They might all have different motivations. So I think, you know, you're not, you don't want to just write. And then, you know, you know, he spanked her right cheek and then her left cheek and then her right cheek. You know, you really want to get, what does that feel like? Yeah. And, you know, what, what, not just what does the spanking feel like, but what does it feel like to be bent over someone's knee? What does it feel like, you know, to be in that position, to be vulnerable in that way, to, you know, and, and also, you know, you don't really know, maybe it's the person getting spanked who's giving orders to the person spanking them. And how does that power dynamic add a whole other layer? Or maybe, you know, maybe the person spanking is, is a sadist and enjoys the act of, you know, giving that kind of pain, but maybe they just enjoy pleasing their partner and they're doing it because they know it's turning them on. Like, and so how are those different? Right. You know, so and that's I think a- there's, there's so many nuances to sex and good erotica, I think will bring out those nuances. Right, right. Like you said, the more rich, the more enjoy- enjoyable it will be. Okay, I'm going to try something here. Okay. This is a segue into our Great Sex Matters segment, which is next. And Rachel's actually going to do a reading for us. But um, I'm going to I'm going to tell a story about us being on a houseboat and there was uh, five of us, five couples giving each other erotic massages. And I want you to visualize that, you know, there's there's this woman lying on this table and there's this big jug of of coconut oil that was brought from Costco and, and it's so big and everybody had their hands in the coconut oil and we were massaging and it was 10 hands on the body and fingers were going in the pussy and I mean, uh, somebody was rubbing my cock with the oil, and Carol was, was at the end with the feet. Carol I, was uh, massaging the their feet, feet yeah. and and this woman has this huge orgasm. And then the next morning, we see the, one of the couples um, who was doing the massages making pancakes with the same coconut oil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was creating his breakfast with the coconut oil. That in everybody the pan. had their hands in, and Carol was massaging feet wow. with. Are there okay, so. only in the lifestyle would that happen, right? Yeah. Oh, we're I having that. Expect this story to take that turn. I can definitely say that. There you go, right? I was waiting for like a sex toy, like a butt plug. Uh, You see, it's that twist that you don't expect coming. (laughs) Yeah, that would definitely be a comedy. When we woke up and saw them cooking with this oil, we went, only in the lifestyle. Like, you'd never see that anywhere else. I, so, wait, did I, you have the pancakes? Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah, all ate the course. pancakes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> when you're licking pussy and sucking cock and fingers and everything, what's I figured, you know, they'd be fried up and exactly. some of that bacteria would be fried away, you know, that kind of stuff. It was very funny. Very funny. Anyways, we are having a blast here talking about erotica. This is a sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are having an amazing discussion with uh, erotica author Rachel Kramer Bustle. Coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. But first, a shout out to another one of our show sponsors. So stay right there. Yes, we're going to talk about Hito 2, which is in Jamaica. It's You know, it's one of our favorite places to hang naked on the beach. And it absolutely is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like. We spent 89 days there um, this past winter. Carol set a new record drinking for 89 days straight. You have to tell everybody that, right? Absolutely. It was <laughs> incredible. She really got into the scotch, uh, the VSOP, and of course the 12-year-old rum. But we're so excited to tell you, and we're so excited to tell you, about the 40th anniversary celebration happening October 30th to November 6th. Yep, that's Hito's 40th anniversary. Come and join us down there for a week. If you want more information about this, go to thesexylifestyle.com, click on the Hito link, and book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And just a reminder that if you are looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events, go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 to get your first month free. Check it out. Hell yeah. All right. We're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show because this is where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. 
Yeah, in this section, I would like to bring up the point about how people use erotica to get themselves aroused or to promote better sex or what do you think are the best or the, their boundaries? The, yeah, the best or the most reasons why people actually use erotica. You know, I think for some people, for a lot of people, it's really just to kind of explore what's out there. You know, maybe, um, you know, they've, let's say spanking, which I was talking about earlier, and I've edited a couple books all about spanking, if that is something you're interested in. Maybe they're curious about it, but they don't know where to start or they don't know how to introduce the subject their partner so maybe they listen or read erotica on their own or maybe as a couple they they listen together or read it together you know and instead of having this for the person having to say let's do this you know and putting pressure on their partner to say an immediate yes or no they can say let's you know read this together or listen to this together and see what we think about it, you know, see what it brings up for us. Like, do we, does it sound sexy? Does it sound like something we might want to explore? Um, and I also think people read erotica, you know, that was a case where someone knows they're interested in a topic and wants to, you know, read erotica about it, but also sometimes just for variety, like they don't, they know they want to spice things up or try something new, but they don't know what that is. So they might read erotica to, you know, get inspired and sometimes it's just that in itself is inspiring you know mm -hmm. maybe just listening or reading erotica together you know turns them on and and you know you can masturbate or masturbate each other you know touch each other or you know if you're listening to it you can make out or have sex while it's happening mm -hmm. you know i think i think in general we often discount fantasies and assume that, okay, someone has a fantasy that means they want to act it out immediately. Now, maybe they do. I mean, a lot of people have fantasies they do want to live out. But also, like, I think there's a there's a joy to just savoring the fantasy. You know, maybe it's a fantasy you talk about with your partner and just the talking, like the dirty talking about it turn, turns you on. Absolutely. You know, so I think both of those are, are great scenarios. And erotica can can help you explore like what your fantasies are, or what your fantasies might be. Um, and I think it can also help you know what turns you on, you know, what, you know, I, I don't think you're going to love every piece of erotica you read, you know, you might read something and think, okay, that would never be for me, but that's also valuable mm -hmm. information. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's also something useful to know. And also you can be turned on by a piece of erotica about, a certain sex act or toy or fetish or whatever that doesn't mean that you are that thing right. it might just mean the person wrote a good story and it turned you on and that's okay too yeah and i feel that because we know there's such a lack of sexual education in our in our society that sometimes when you read erotica and you you understand how that character feels during this sex act whatever it might be whether it's the spanking or something else uh, and then you kind of connect with that person because you don't really have a lot of friends that you can just go around and say hey have you ever been spanked how did it feel you know and so it's giving you a, a connectability with somebody who's actually doing it even if it's a fictional character but you, then you kind of feel like, oh, I might feel like that. Oh, oh, I do feel like that. And then you feel like that connection there and you've learned something new maybe about yourself and about society and how things work. Yeah, I mean, I don't think erotica is like a how-to manual in exactly how to do these things. And there are plenty of great, you know, how-to books about all sorts of sexual topics. But I think because it's fiction, it can feel a little more open to, to especially if you're you know, wanting to talk about something with your partner, you might bring it up in a fictional context first and say, what did you think about that? Because it's, then they're commenting on the story, not necessarily on the topic in right. general. Or And then that can be a starting point to have, you know, a more personal conversation. Right. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, I mean, talking about, you know, fantasies and, and pushing boundaries and opening up this discussion. Uh, we had Dr. Justin Laymiller on our show from the Kinsey Institute, who spoke, who did a huge um, survey on fantasies, and um, his results came up, which was no surprise to us, that people's biggest fantasies are threesomes, group sex, orgies, um, just bringing different um, variety into their sex lives. But multiples, right? Multiples. Yeah. So have you ever written about threesomes, swinging, orgies, stuff like that? Yes. I have written many stories about those things. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, the, the way 
a person is with one person and then how are they different with when you when you do open it open that up so i wrote a story called flying solo in best moments erotica of the year volume one about a couple in an open marriage and the uh, wife travels by herself and um, picks up someone but she has the husband listen in mm, um, nice. while they're getting it on and so like I thought that was just a really interesting way of exploring this open relationship and you know something for for both her and her husband you know that he gets to to listen in on um, what they're doing um, and I'm very interested in especially like voyeurism and exhibitionism because I think there, there's so much that you could watch or or there's so many you know maybe it maybe there's a couple who do want to explore something different but they don't necessarily or they're not sure if they actually want to bring in a a, another partner but they could show off to other people so in some ways they are sharing a sexual experience with someone else without you know actually actually yeah no absolutely yeah we say that all the time when we're at hedonism or desire any of the lifestyle resorts 50 percent of the people who go there don't play with other people they just go there for a great erotic experience and at home you don't have a chance to go to a playroom and have sex with your partner next to other people having sex and it doesn't mean you have to touch them or do anything but you're like living live porn there's other people having sex while you're there and it's really um, a remarkable experience which we encourage everybody who's a little um, on the vanilla twist side to try mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I think sometimes people assume that if you put yourself in a situation like that well you're just saying okay I'm fair game like I'll do anything and I don't think people realize that you can still set boundaries For within sure. alternative spaces yeah. and do what feels comfortable to you and you know you can you know maybe you think you want to do something and then you realize okay I, I actually want to you know cut back a little bit mm-hmm. like that's okay too yeah. I, I you know it's there's no one size fits all no. sexuality. So like just, and, and, you know, I think also there's a lot of couples where one person might want, want to try something and the other person isn't sure or doesn't want to. And like, how do they negotiate that? That's something I'm also really interested within erotica. Like how, do, how do you compromise or figure out how everyone can get what they need? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, so before we let uh, Rachel do some, some real live reading, uh, we just want to remind everybody that in Um, the swinging lifestyle, the kink, the BDSM, any alternative lifestyle, respect and consent are paramount. And there's there's three rules. And it's ask first, no means no. And if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. And that just plays out through anything related to sexuality. So if you want to try stuff, um, just remember those rules and respect uh, your partner. And don't hold it against them if you try something and it doesn't work out. Talk about it and try something a little different Mm -hmm. next time. Absolutely. All right, Rachel, you're up. What are you going to read to us? Okay, I chose a threesome story uh, from Coming Soon. It's called Envy by Evan Mora. And I think all you have to know, I'm starting a little bit in the middle, is that Liv and Trey have had a fantasy about having a threesome. And they encounter this woman, Samira. Uh, She's a singer at a club, and they're flirting with her. And this is what happens. Is this the first time you've done this? She sipped at her drink before setting it down. My eyes shut to Trey. Then what? He tried for casual, but his breath caught when she leaned in and stroked his jaw. This. She breathed the word against his lips, teasing his mouth open beneath hers. Arousal flared hot and bright inside me. I'd never seen Trey kiss another woman, and it was so much sexier than I'd imagined. But it was more than that. It was Samira, too. As she ended the kiss and turned to me, all I could think about was how her mouth would feel on mine. Her full lips glistened from Trey's kiss, and I couldn't tear my eyes away from them. She placed a finger beneath my chin, urging my gaze upward until I met her eyes. Desire shone bright in their green depths. She was mesmerizing. I leaned in slowly, watching her lips part in anticipation. The first touch of my lips to hers was tentative, but she was soft, so soft and warm that I couldn't help but deepen the kiss, pressing more fully into her, biting back a moan when her tongue curled sensually around mine. Samira shivered when it ended. I hope you're going to invite me home with you, she said. I loved her boldness. I loved sitting in the back seat of a cab, trading kisses with her and Trey even more. By the time we made it to the bedroom, 
Our hands were shaking in our haste to rid ourselves of our clothes. Tell me what you want, she said, when there was finally nothing left between us. She was beautiful, full breasts, tucked in waist, generous hips. The photographer in me wanted to capture every peak and valley. As I watched, trade pressed flush against her back, drawing the black silk of her hair aside to kiss her neck, his hand sliding forward to cuff her breast. Samira moaned, tilting her head back to allow Trey greater access. I knew firsthand what an incredible lover he was, but watching him with her, watching her respond, it was like I was seeing him for the first time all over again, and I'd never seen anything half as sexy in my life. He released her breast, hand tailing down her rib cage over her stomach and further still, to the soft, smooth skin between her thighs. He stroked her clit and kissed her, then lifted her leg so it rested over his thigh. Taking him in hand, he teased her wetness with his cock, then pushed inside with one smooth thrust. I couldn't stop watching him move, watching his gorgeous cock fill her again and again. Samira moved with him, her body writhing sensually against his, her pussy coating them both with her desire. Live. Her voice called me from my reverie, beckoned me closer. I moved in for her kiss, felt the thrill of her breast pressed against mine. Tell me what you want, she said again, and this time, so close, her breath mingled with mine. I whispered it against her lips. I want to be inside you like Trey is. So I'll wow. end there. Wow. There's more. It's beautiful. That was great. Really, really sensual. I saw you playing with your pussy, huh? <laughs> well. <laughs> your nipples are hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> very, very nice. Thank you for that reading. That's a great reading. So uh, we know um, before COVID you did readings um, in public. When you do these readings in public and you speak and you're very sensual, um, do do people hit on you? Um, that has happened. I mean, I think, you know, and I would not recommend that if you go to an erotica reading. Don't hit, you on, know, don't I, hit on the reader. <laughs> obviously, the point of erotica is to arouse people. So, you know, when I'm doing an erotica reading, whether it's at a bookstore or a club, I, I know that people are getting turned on. I think there's a way to, like, compliment an author without hitting on them because I think that, you know, there's a lot of authors who, who will be in my books, but who won't do readings mm-hmm. because they don't want to be in those situations. So I think it's really a matter of how you phrase something, you know, cause mm-hmm. you don't, I, I mean, I hopefully you don't want to be the creepy person like <laughs> right. coming across as like, okay, rescue me. You know, I, I need to be rescued from this person. <laughs> right. I don't know if we were there and someone was hitting on you, we'd rescue you and take you back to our hotel room and caress you. <laughs> oh, and that, that's you. really going to help. Break I mean, I think down. it depends. I think it, you have to be, you know, you could, you have to read, read the person's yeah. body language. Cause I used to run an erotic reading series and, you know, people would hook up. I mean, not necessarily the readers, but you know, the audience mm-hmm. members, like mm-hmm. it was a gathering uh-huh. place. Cool. And I, I was, I I wish there were more spaces where you could go to hear erotica because I think that would be a great date, you mm-hmm. know? Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be cool to like read erotica in like a swinger club lifestyle where people are there naked and as you're reading to them, they're actually getting it on and listening and you're the one that's driving the energy. That would be so cool. Yeah, I would feel that, that, that they might exciting. get, but then they might get distracted after and leave you <laughs> hanging, you know, you're reading away and there's nobody left in the room because they're all yeah. gone off to fuck. Too. Okay. Yeah, All right. If you take it that way, then I see that. So listen, we're coming to the end of our show and we usually like to wrap up with some advice from our guests, which what would you say would be the top two ways that couples can use erotica to enhance their sex life? I think they can read or listen to it together. And maybe that's, you know, in person, like, you know, in bed with headphones or, you know, playing it on their computer or reading it, you know, to, to each other. But you could also you know, like leave it for, for the person. Like if, if, you know, one person has to leave, go to work and the other person is home, they could say like, Oh, re, you know, slip it somewhere where they'll find it during the day. And then like text them later and say like, what did you think about that? Cause I, I think both can be really hot to, to listen or read with your partner, but also to read it on your own and then like report back. It's like sexy homework, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, to discuss it, like, or to read it, read, you know, write out your favorite passage from something and then, you know, read it to them. And then I also think couples can, can write their own erotica to each other. And because like I was saying before, like you might, 
think you know everything about your partner or what turns them on or what they're fantasizing about, but you might not know. And I think erotica can give you space to have the, some of those discussions. You know, maybe it's like a kind of a Mad Libs where one person starts it and the other person continues it. And, you know, maybe the person who started it thinks it's going to go in one direction and <laughs> right. like your pancake story, it, <laughs> it goes in another direction, you know? And yeah. I think that can be a really interesting way to communicate with your partner, you absolutely. know, to, to figure out something that you didn't know before. Yeah, Amazing. absolutely. Amazing. Wow. Well, you know, that hour went by so fast, uh, Rachel. Uh, we're definitely going to have to have you back on our show to do some more readings, talk more about erotica, because we do believe that erotica does um, open up those conversations and better dialogue between couples to um, help relationships. Uh, thanks so much for all that great information. Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can find your work online, on social media, your website. Okay, well, my website is rachelkramerbustle.com. My books are available wherever you buy books or audiobooks. Um, uh, um, Twitter, I'm Raquelita. And I did want to say that July 13th, uh, I'm doing a reading from, from Coming Soon with five of the authors uh, at the um, bookstore Love Sweet Arrow. It's online, so um, I hope you'll join us. It's free. Uh, and you can go to my website and get information in the calendar section. So it's always really fun, I think, to hear the authors read their own work. Absolutely. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you can just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests will have their own guest page with all their information, and you can even contact them from there if you have any questions about their work. And like we did this week, we learn more and more every week with all our expert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. You know, I end every show with saying, wow, oh my God, but this show was really an eye-opener. There's not many that I end the show with a hard erection, <laughs> but Rachel really got me going here. It's the end of another great show with another great guest. Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And of course, like we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. Sex.